Hey listeners, there's a new cocktail book on the market. Fan Favorites, A Cocktail Memoir, Volume 1. It's filled with original local cocktails that were voted as fan favorites on the Columbus Craft Cocktail Tour. You can get a copy of your own by going to columbuscraftcocktailtour.com slash store. All proceeds go to the talented bartenders and mixologists whose cocktails are featured in the book. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Hey, listeners, welcome to the very first podcast of 2021. Thank God, 2020 is our rear mirror, right? Welcome. So we know, listeners, you know that uh, we love cocktails and we love spirits, but we also really love music. So we have a very special podcast for you tonight. We have Adam Thomas, the bar manager at Rock Mill Tavern. Um, Not only is he a bartender and bar manager, he is also a musician. So welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thanks. (laughs) No, this this is awesome. I'm glad you guys asked me to do this. I feel like I'm a... One of the more low pro- low profile people who've probably been on here. So no, so we um, we've known you for a little bit. You started at Rock Mill not so long ago, right? Uh, since last August. Okay, and was this your first uh, bartending gig? Just bartending in general. Uh huh. No, so previously, I so it's kind of my bartending story. How I started is kind of funny. It's kind of taboo and it's kind of corny, but. Um, well, I always, to hear it. yeah, um, my godmother got me a gift for my 21st birthday. Um, she's amazing. Really, really good cook. Knows a lot about, you know, wine, the whole shebang. And, uh, she actually got me bartending school <laughs> to oh, nice. start off. Yeah. Which is so funny. Cause now okay. I've learned that you don't ever really want to put that on a resume when you're trying to sign up for a legit <laughs> bartending gig, but it was funny. It was really easy. It was, you know, like it was seven days and, you know, it was supposed to be eight hours a day or like five, it was five days, like 40 hours. And it was just quirky and kind of silly. And, uh, I mean, I definitely learned a little bit and, but there was barely anyone in the class. So we were done, but like four or five hours every day. This is so interesting. I've never heard of this. Where, where? So did... this place is called ABC. Okay. School. It's like off Bethel. It's just like in a little room downstairs, huh. like in a building. And it's just hilarious. The lady was funny and <clears throat> you know, learned a little bit about this. You like learn a little about like, you know, bartender safety and you know, this and that. But she literally like she gets her emails and she emails a bunch of people. And like literally within a week of that, I got my first job at a, as a bartender. Wow. First ever time working in the service industry. And were there skills that you learned that you. Yeah. Like, a, lot, a lot of still... basic stuff. A lot of basic okay. stuff. Stuff that I haven't even like necessarily I would say used as much like all like the ridiculous shots you know like and you know like the bases like i always just remember just like starting with the kamikaze okay and move, moving up from there add a little of this add a little of that try different stuff but yeah and like i just before that i was working a lot of valet and landscaping just boring jobs and yeah i just like hopped right into it and of course i like thought i was gonna bartend right away at this place and they're like no you gotta serve your train and serve and i was scared shitless Loki, I was dropping full trays, like full uh, trays of plates and everything with food on them. The first about month. Oh, that happens. No, yeah, and I learned, but I learned a lot, and uh, yeah, that's not my first bartending job was at Firefly, which is a little um, Italian like bistro in New Albany. Okay, and, never heard of it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the status is. I don't know if they're closing down or they had a pretty good run though. So this bartending school, what was like the most fundamental uh, thing that they taught you? Like, was it hospitality? Was it? I don't even even know. Like like I said, it was was quirky. You know, it was funny. It was like getting those like ridiculous videos where it's like two ounces of vodka, you know, and she's pouring in like six ounces, eight ounces of vodka, like something silly like that. It's like really like old, like, like 90s videos for like training videos. That's awesome. And just using like, you know, use, not actually using real alcohol until the last day. Just like making like making stuff. And what was the background of your instructor? Do you know? I don't even remember her name, to be honest. 
I am so intrigued by this. I go to this <laughs> but then I learned, like, going forward, like, you don't really ever put that on, like, a resume. <laughs> you do, like, legit Well, it got you your first job. And, but so. like I said, she, I, she literally, she emailed me within five days with, like, six restaurants, and I applied to a bunch of them, and I literally had a job and an interview in a week. And that was the start of the journey. Huh. Well, I mean, most skills, anyway, you learn on the job anyway, right? So, bartending exactly. is no different, so... So yeah, I was never, I guess I did like, um, I worked at like a country club, did like the snack shack at the pool, but that was like, that was a little bit of service, mm-hmm. but nothing, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was funny just diving into it. But you have found several mentors along the way, right? Who have 100%. really helped you develop your skills. Yeah, I definitely met a lot of people that, that really started it at high bank. Um, I had some really good managers there. Part of the reason why I ended up you know, not being there and moving forward from there is because they left and, you know, culture changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, So you G- found your first mentor there in Michael Velber and then you... Yep. Him and him and Charles Carter, who's uh, worked at Lindy's forever and is the GM at RH now. I haven't been able to see him in a while. I heard he's really, really busy. I heard they're doing pretty solid. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite, yeah, restoration. restoration. It's quite the operation down there. I, we've never been there. I've heard it's quite fancy. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. They don't have like, the only weird thing is they don't actually have a bar. It's wine and beer only. Oh, Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's really big on like coffee too. Hmm. It's, it's very cool. Like, you just get the whole experience there. You walk through and check out all the furniture and stuff like that. And you get to eat in this really fancy rooftop thing in Easton. You yeah. Know? Which is definitely probably, it's probably like the coolest spot in Easton besides like Mitchell's. I fucking hate Easton. <laughs> I know. It, <laughs> I do. I, hate I uh, <clears throat> Sorry, Easton. I used to live <laughs> off of, uh, I used to actually live off Cleveland Avenue in like 161 for two years. Mm. Um, really random. And I used to have to drive to Easton a lot. I almost got like a gig there, tried to work at Mitchell's, but then I never got hired. So I do love that place. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's good, but Easton, Easton is just it's, like it's such a cluster. It is, and I'll, but I hate Polaris even more. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Polaris traffic is something that I never want to wish upon anyone <laughs> ever. That might as well be Canada to us living downtown. So we never. <laughs> I know exactly. You don't have to worry about going up there. So you uh, left High Bank and, and went directly to Rock Mill, or was there something in between? No. Yeah, just straight into it. So then when you got to Rock Mill, you pretty much got to, you had carte blanche to create whatever you wanted? No, so um, I became the bar manager after a reopen. Okay. After, after right. quarantine. Um, so I was just, I mean, I was like the youngest person there, or at least one of them, and I just immediately like it was a small place and it was different. And Rockwell does have a really nice like pace of it's you got really good food, but it's still like small and it can be kind of a little more fast paced. Like, you know, happy hour most of the time and like the end of the night with having the view and Grayson right there. Like you definitely could get some some pops of a random massive amount of people, you know, popping mm-hmm. in for a sure, second for a quick sure. one and done or this or that, which is something we missed for sure. Yeah, I bet. And I, I love the view. It's such a cool little venue right there. Mm-hmm. And they were really good to us, too. Mm-hmm. So we have about finally had some people pop in before weddings, but obviously they can't come after now. These right. dudes are like, oh, can't, we're going to stop by after. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, we're done by 10. It'll be 930. Exactly. Well, you guys have great cocktails, <clears throat> but you are known for your beer. Mm-hmm. And you have a nice wine selection as well. Absolutely. Wine, I think, sneaks up on people how good it is, and the prices are really good on it as well. No, this is the beer. Beer is really like my bigger passion. I've always enjoyed craft beer more so. Um, I feel like I just come from a family of like beer drinkers too. So it is PBR family. Okay. So you're at Rock Mill Tavern, but there's also Rock Mill. The brewery. The brewery. Which is absolutely gorgeous. In Lake Lithopolis technically, but about 30 minutes, you know, south of here. If you've never been out to the brewery, it's absolutely unbelievable. 23 acres pond you know you can grab a beer you can walk around they got they got people on gators who just bring you beer to to you like really easy and Ooh, i like that yeah you don't even have to go anywhere they finally just started doing their own food out there they've been doing pizzas um an from old scratch. mill on the creek what do you say an old mill on the creek yeah exactly an old mill on the creek so they got that really good water and that's 
how why they started doing the Belgian beers there is like the minerality component of the water from the mm-hmm. uh, from the spring actually works well for Belgian beers. It's very similar to the stuff in in Belgium. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I've definitely you know Belgians are a really cool style, and they're so easy to like fall in love with because they're just I don't know they all, they all have that soft mouth feel to them. And that like native yeast and that fermentation and they're just so easy to drink and they're so good and they definitely warm you up plus when you're getting you're getting a 16 ounce pour every time there mm-hmm. so you're I always love, getting the, so i think my favorite is the saison noir yeah i mean that's that's tough not to be my favorite mm-hmm. it's just so unique mm-hmm. especially with that mouthfeel being yeah. that deeply roasted farmhouse ale while still it just it has this stout and like different flavors and like this caramel to it but it's just not heavy yeah. Like, nothing like the beer I probably just brought you. I love, love the stuff they do there. Um, we did just get a, you guys got, it's pretty limited right now. We have Cascade Double. Oh. Which I don't know if it was the first time or they just brought it back. I haven't, I haven't really gotten the complete rundown on it. And where, who are they partnering with for the casks? Middle West. Middle West. They always have. They're, it's not, it's only six months in the barrel too. So it's not like a, it's not a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, of whiskey, which I like with those, because mm-hmm. I've I had a really big, you know, imperial stout, like imperial porter phase, where I wanted like these big strong porters, but then like when you try to find the big strong ones, they uh they're always like bourbon barrel aged, like you can't find like ones that are like big without it being barrel aged at that mm-hmm. point. So finding different stuff like that, drink a lot of cool beer. Did this uh. It's like this, like make your own crate thing called Tavor, which I think I told you guys about one time. Maybe it's a really cool app that I found. It's like in conjunction with Untapped and BeerAdvocate.com, and it's really cool because you put your area code in, and it's stuff that you would never get like within state lines, like something that would never you never see. So a lot of like really good breweries too, and you kind of get the whole breakdown and make your own crate. Sometimes stuff goes really fast. Sometimes it's like a, you know. Two for two beers for eight. Sometimes it's like a twenty, thirty, forty dollar beer for a bottle. But I kind of broke the bullet on that when I was at High Bank, making, being busy, making a lot of money, and of course I had the push notifications on. And it would pop up in the middle of shift, and I'd look at, it, I'd be like, "Oh, I've made some money today." I'd be like, "Yep, I'm adding that crazy <laughs> sour to it right now." <laughs> so I've got to try a lot of stuff. But I've, like I said, I've really fallen fallen in love with uh, with that Belgian style. It's just, it's different, and you know. Not to get worn out on like American style IPAs or anything, but and our IPAs are also fantastic, but they uh, they just have a different quality to them, and it's just not like hoppy. Like people are always turned off by the hop, and you give someone a, a trip a triple triple for the first time at Rockwell at like nine percent, they're like not they're like well I like IPAs blah blah blah, and they drink it, they're like wow it's really good. Mm. It just doesn't have that like bitterness to it. They're not bitter. They're not, I don't think I've tried that. Oh wait, I have had the double. The, reg- the regular triple. Oh, the triple? No, I haven't had the triple. I don't think. So it's like the, the gold, the gold nail. No, I haven't had that. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I don't like copy, but I, I'm willing to give it a try. And then, I mean, they just started doing IPAs at Rockwell in the past like year and a half. Mm. So that's also pretty new for them because the brewery's been around since 2010, which I, people people don't really know because the tavern's only been around for about four years, I think. Yeah, it's pretty new. Sounds about right. Yeah, um, something so, around there. So you're also a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely one of my passions. So creative behind the bar, creative with your music, um, is bartending your, um, is that your career path or is it like just something you're doing right now or? Right. I mean, restaurants in general, definitely. Like I said, I've found so much family. You know, you get such that sense of family when you work at restaurants for multiple years and mm-hmm. meet all these people and all the networking. But at the end of the day, like with the music, like it is it, it is just a form almost of entertainment mm-hmm. and service and yeah. just any of that. Like I would say if I can make it big in music, 100% I would. You know, if I could end up opening my own restaurant one day, 100% I would. Mm-hmm. It's just something I love. Like it's just the atmosphere. Like it's very intoxicating. Mm-hmm. And I love just... That fast-paced vibe, that's one of the best things, I think, just about the job. And what attracts me to it is I kind of got a non-stop working mind. Mm-hmm. And to be on the move it works a little bit better. Like, I don't know how I can sit and do a desk job. Like, it would be torture to me. Yeah. 
So we've interviewed several uh, bartenders. We know several bartenders who are also musicians. Mm -hmm. So I think, and uh, Chad Kessler at 451 Spirits is a musician mm -hmm. also. So I think, you know, you get it gets your creative juices flowing mm -hmm. and you're you're commanding the attention of a crowd. So it kind of it's it's very similar, I think. Um, but we've never had one of our bartenders actually play any music on our podcast. So yeah. I'm looking forward to not, that. What not yet? What type not of yet. yeah? What type of music do you usually play? Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up my father really into music, and um, he's always been around it. You know, he grew up during when all the good music was around. I mean, I didn't listen to you know, I I really do listen to a lot of different stuff. I like a lot of different genres. I definitely have my sweet points, and I'm definitely fall in the trap of listening to the same stuff a lot. Um, but like, think like my Spotify rap this year or something said I discovered like thousand new artists or something just from like, hmm. you know, popping through. So I think that I like to have a lot of diversity. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't like, I wasn't allowed to listen to rap as a kid. And like when I was younger and stuff like that, like I was, you know, I was 96.3, 105.7 The Brew, you know, my dad's CD collection. Um, all the good classic rock. Mm-hmm. Love that, obviously, playing guitar and stuff like that. I also play piano, and it's just, I've always been musically inclined. And uh, Do you write your own music? I've been starting to do it more now. I definitely have that thing where I hate everything I write. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but lately, I've been doing better. Um, I just played a show recently. Um, I opened up, and then I actually guested in my friend Josiah Myers' band's called Last Youth. So I kind of learned all of his songs in the set within like five days. He kind of asked me like later on and I just kind of hopped right into it. Wow. And uh, so that's really exciting. And um, him being around, he's a really good lyricist. And I write a lot of music on guitar, but uh, the lyrics just never come through all the way for me. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I've really started to try to focus on that more. Um, I also used to have a ton of lyrics in one of my old phones and I lost all of them. Oh, and it yeah. was very just like, it was very disheartening to me. And I really didn't even like die back into it for a while. But for the most part, when it comes to me performing, I'm a cover guy. I love playing at dive bars. You know, I just love like the vibe of that. I've just been always been a dive bar person too. Mm -hmm. So uh, really where I started getting my start playing was when I did leave, live like a little bit further north off Cleveland Avenue, there was this great dive bar called the Crazy Mule. I met the owner there and he's a very good friend now. And uh, I like took over this Wednesday show acoustic thing that he's always been doing. And I mean, I've almost been playing there for, like three years. It used to be every Wednesday. I'd walk on over there and have a great time. And I got a bunch of friends luckily who are like Westerville kids and we're close. So it just made sense as well too. Mm -hmm. But playing over there um, really just helps. And like, I don't know, with the bartending and everything too, like being social, mm -hmm. like it's wild. Like I never used to be like a super social like kid. I don't know. So I really love like the skills I've learned from bartending and performing. But it's also like it's so different too. Like on stage, like I don't really get nervous. Mm -hmm. I get kind of nervous sometimes when we're busy at a restaurant. Oh, I bet. When yeah. you get in the weeds. It yeah, gets exactly. It doesn't happen from time to time. I think I'm pretty good at, like I said, I'm way better when I'm busy than when I'm slow. That's for yeah. sure. My brain just moves that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, music's so huge to me. Um, like a lot, like you said, classic rock. I was really raised on that. All right. Well, I love classic rock. So you're going to be doing double duty tonight. So, um, why don't you grab your guitar and play us some? Let's go into it. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, I'll play one of my own, maybe do a little quick cover to something, something softer, but this is a fun little goofy song called might've been. It's about waking up drunk the next day and maybe doing it all over again. So. Birds were chirping as I came to <clears throat> Where I am, the question is I got no goddamn clue <clears throat> Last night was such a ride And it might have been, might have been My demise on, might have been, might have been Ooh, yeah <clears throat> Might have been, ooh, yeah 
I remember talking to this pretty little lady By then I was already pretty hazy She gave me her number and I gave it a buzz Long, and I might have been, might have been a lost cause Might have been, yeah, no, no Might have been, yeah Yeah, yeah, and might have been thing I learned my lesson well you'd be goddamn wrong and I might have found myself in it again this weekend singing this silly little old song and hopefully it might have been might have been might have been something good might have been good yeah Awesome. Not bad, huh? Totally I didn't like, to take that. that sip of water before. <laughs> um, it was kind of good, too, when I played it first time live, because it's kind of got the little woo parts in it, and people were catching on and having some crowd response, and mm -hmm. it was really nice. Um, I do have like all the great cheesy songs. That's always, all right. Always down. Um, something that everyone always likes it. I usually do pretty good with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took my love and you took it down. Climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in a snow-covered hill To the landslide, oh, brought me down, down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing Ocean tides cannot handle the seasons of my life. No, I don't know. Well, I've been afraid of changing because I build my life around you. Well, time. Makes older, even children get older. I'm getting older too. Well, I've been afraid of changing because I build my life around all you. Well, time makes older, even children get older, and I'm getting older too, yeah. Took my love 
took it down Climbed a mountain and I turned around And I saw my reflection in the snow covered hell Till the landslide, oh, it brought me down, down, down Well, well, the landslide, oh, it brought me down Awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Voice, voice crack, a little cracky today. No, it sounded great. Amazing. It sounded good in here. Loved it. So you know Love how to play the piano also? Yeah. It's taking the back seat. Um, I just don't have a piano. I play at home. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I, I want to get back more into piano. I can read music. I'm taking time off and focusing more on this. My fingers just don't work as good. Yeah. I kind of lost it. So it takes me a while to learn something. Mm-hmm. Plus, I never used to play and sing piano. And that also adds a little extra to it. Mm. Oh, I bet. Um, I got like four or five songs where I just got them in the top of my head. But it's just, it's it's wild how different it is just mentally and like, I don't know, mm-hmm. the way like the fingers are working and everything. It's just very, very, very different. So. Well, it sounded great. Thank you. It's really it. nice. Don't so, you think? Yeah. So Blair is probably so grateful to hear a nice voice in this house because <laughs> I am like tone deaf. I have the worst voice ever, but that doesn't stop me from singing. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the funny thing about my family. Is and, and every morning she has a different song in her head. <laughs> my, uh, my dad's got a killer voice and yeah, you know, he always used to sing lullabies and stuff and this and my mom and sister's voice, absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, really bad. So you got the yeah, voice. Got that. Uh, my mom though, she was she was a ballerina, so she had she got her own. Oh, thing so going you on. have you got it from both ends then? Oh yeah, so. that's why I'm tall. Nice, <laughs> very nice. But thanks for letting me play. I'm glad. Absolutely. You told me to bring it. Yeah. So no rest for the weary. Let's make a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you gonna make for us? So I'm going to make something that was on my um, fall winter list this year. It's called the Sage Advice. I tinkered around with it a little bit. Um, and we're going to tinker about with it a little bit today. But uh, really nice that it's essentially like a bourbon mezcal Manhattan variation. Um, it's got a little of the punti mess in there and some carbono antica. Um, I had some really cool of these like slightly spicy bitters too. So you get um, this really nice like earthiness from um, the, the punti mess. You get a little bit of that smokiness from the mezcal that plays really well with the spiciness of the bitters. And then to finish it off with the sage, of course, it's nice and floral and earthy in the nose. You do a little fresh sage, just pop it on top. Cool. All right, let's do this. Yeah. And we're back with sage advice. Mm-hmm. Cheers. 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 Thank you guys. Mm. That's a fabulous cocktail. Glad you guys like it. Delicious. I get a lot of chocolate and orange. It kind of reminds me of um, during Christmas, you know, those chocolate orange candy things. Mm. Right. It reminds boozy ones, me of that. though. Yeah. yeah. Like a boozy chocolate-covered orange, yeah. And I love the sage on top because I love and, sage. And the smokiness. So so tell us about the cocktail. Yeah, so when I was testing it out, um, you know, being at High Bank, they, I've made many, many smoked old fashions. They push those things out. I'm so over that. Yeah. And they have, <laughs> uh, is it a gun that they use? No, or? so they use it, they build everything in the tin and then they just grab the other part and they flame the chips. Okay. They put the sh- the, the other p- part of the tin on top. Got and it. And you just move it kind of in there and then it gets presented at the table. You just pull off the top. Smoke comes out. Okay. It's a very economical way for volume. And that was the thing when it came to me is even though we were less of a volume place at Rock Mill, um, I want to do something smoky just 
for fall. I don't know. Just to have that little twist is, and I had a really nice middle West globe smoker that we got. Mm-hmm. And I just started playing around with it. And originally the, instead of sage, it was going to be rosemary. I was going to burn rosemary as the smoke. Um, but also I did, that just didn't work that well. The rosemary, like, I don't know if it needed to be more dried or something, mm-hmm. or I don't, it was given off a really weird smell, almost like chemically. Hmm. And I was like, well, what else can I do to smoke this up? So decided option out to the split base and throw some mezcal in there. And I really like, you know, I really just like how it turned out. It's, it's boozy, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's earthy. You know, it's floral. It's got. No, like it's, said, it's boozy and it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a really. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, and not, not in I a bad all, way. No, exactly. It's not in a bad way. Like it, but it's still very like drink drinkable though. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't like hit you in the face. For sure. Like it might've been really good with barrel proof, but you know. Yeah. For me, it has a feel like it, it definitely is a variation on a Manhattan or old fashioned, mm-hmm. but it kind of has a Vucare quality too. Okay. Yeah. It, I can even see that too. There's a little bit of that herbal something going on in there and that must be the Punta Mace, but um, really delicious, really well balanced too. I was extremely um you know uh grounded by how much cocktails we were selling um i was just there especially the spring menu when it rolled out you know i was trying to you know liven liven it up a little bit everyone wanted a cocktail coming out of quarantine mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and they wanted something fun and they wanted mm-hmm. something easy that would catch their eyes be like oh this is cool i'm back in a restaurant again and obviously like you know being like us, like, no, we make cocktails at home, but a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, when spring men- when spring menu came through and I had a nice tea drink and I had a pink ginger hibiscus margarita and they were just, they were going out and everyone was seeing them. They were really enjoying because you know, that's half of the battle sometimes with the cocktails, especially in the restaurant is the presentation. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, I just wanted to make it fun. Like I wanted you to come back to Rock Mill, like out of this quarantine and be like, hey, like I'm having fun again. I'm having a cocktail in a restaurant. Not to overshadow our beer, obviously, right. as well, too. But, and then with the fall menu, too, I think everything worked out really well. Um, like I said, it's been a little on the slower side now. Did you name this cocktail also? Yeah. It's a brilliant name. Love it. Sage advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it popped in the head pretty easy. I was like, got to do something on sage. And I don't know if I just read it somewhere in a book or it just popped up. But uh, yeah, I'm really happy with this one because I am. I still think at the end of the day, I'm a whiskey drinker when mm-hmm. it comes to my preferred spirit. Um, and I'm, I do love mezcal as well, too. Me too. But uh, I was, for some reason, it was tough for me. I was thinking, like, what's going to be, like, my boozier whiskey, like, you know, more spirit-forward-based cocktail. Mm-hmm. And this is what popped up. And I was really happy with it. The so. first time I had uh, mezcal with whiskey, it was just mind-blowing because I'm like, I would never think to pair tequila mezcal right. and whiskey like I, it's I just, like two different types of you know like wood like that wood earth tone or whatever but they like, go together so they well really they complement yeah. each other so well so and like i said it was the mezcal old fashioned has kind of become kind of trendy lately. Mm-hmm. subbing mezcal for like mezcal negroni like it's just been more trendy lately and you get the smoky without the smoke exactly mm-hmm. push that drink out get it to a little bit quicker <laughs> and then uh the punta mess is that is that how you say it yeah what is that orange it's, bitter italian liqueur it's it's a, it's a type of aperitivo similar in the same family as um Campari or Capaletti or you know any of those lighter uh aperitivo amari and so we didn't have that so what did you do to improvise so we improvised with a two to one ratio of vermouth sweet vermouth with Campari hmm. and it, it, I think it worked really well like I said it's there's a little difference in it but it's almost indistinguishable to me it um, tastes like I remember it from your bar. Excellent. Well, that was that was the goal. Um, yeah, the the punti mess was just an interesting thing. I just came across. I had really never. I've heard of it, but I'd never used it before. And it almost kind of does have like that. Um, that really, it's orange syrupy on the front end, but it's got kind of like that almost like those fernet botanicals at the back end mm-hmm. of it that kind of like pop out at you. So that's another like that hit you're getting in there. Mm. Just bounce it all out. 
So do you ever um, play a gig at a bar and then start bartending? <laughs> no. Uh, the one bar I was talking about earlier, the Crazy Mule, I, I'd, ha- I'd hop back there maybe once or twice to help out. But mm-hmm. um, nothing like that. But I, I mean, actually, you know, but at Rockmill, I was playing um, shows at the Tavern. Um, last year, we had um, a bunch of shows. We had a whole series on a thir- on Thursdays where we got a gunch- bunch of really good people, so some names that you would see. And then I was like, yeah, I definitely want to play. <laughs> and uh, then it kind of just became a like a Sunday night thing. I would have the friends come and just play at the tavern because it's just a really the sound in there is really nice too. Yeah, turn the lights down low. You got the, you got the lamps on. You got the candles lit. It's very intimate. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And I did play one time at the brewery as well, which was awesome. So in your short uh, time as a bartender, have you ever received any like weird tips or has anybody written any notes on your receipts or any of that kind of thing that you see on social media? Sometime? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some weird ones. I've definitely gotten a couple of Trump 2020 ones <laughs> oh. as most recently. Yeah. People write Trump 20. Yeah, like they'll try to bring up politics to me at the bar, like especially when the election stuff is on. I was like, I'm turning this off. Like, I just don't want to watch this at my at my bar. Right. You know, because it's all it's just a bunch mm-hmm. of nonsense. Sound was not anyways. It's like, yeah. I'm going to read captions. So I was like, I don't know. Don't do that. And yeah, be talking. They'd, they'd hit me with the, like, either $2 and uh, like 20 cents or whatever, or like $20 and 20. I don't know. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I did have, there was this, one of the cooler, like, tip stories I have that's nothing like out of, I don't know, just a missed, almost like a misconnection sort of story. Not quite, but uh, at my first job and I got a really good tip from this guy. This was post after that I like re-met this guy, but uh, he was just having, he was just this younger, older than me, but a younger dude. And he was really cool. We were talking, he was out on a date and um, he finally, he kept like saying weird stuff to me like that I should know him, but I didn't remember who he was. And, um, he finally just said something about it. And I'd actually like hung out with him and like was in the pit with him at a, at a show at Bluestone. <laughs> and I totally didn't. And he was way older than, he was older than me though. Like said, so still, still younger, probably in mid thirties, but like I had completely, for some reason he remembered who I was and I didn't, it didn't click in my head. I was like busy too, I guess. But, and then he ended up leaving me like a hundred dollar tip. Nice. Um, not, I'm like not that much. So I was like, well, that was really cool. Let, I met someone at a concert and, yeah. you know, con- music connection. And I guess I was memorable enough to be remembered. That's awesome. probably my height too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Especially at concerts, I kind of stick out like sore thumb. But I don't know. That, I always thought that was really, really funny. That's and it was, it was one of my, it's, since it was my first job, it was like my best tip to date. And I was like, wow, it's, that That's makes you feel pretty good. I wish more yeah. people would do that. That's great. I think I th- people have been dipping pretty decent, though. Have they? That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of like the normal 20, you see a lot more 25 and 30 or something more like that. Yeah. We always not say... Ev- not everyone, but, uh, you know... It's we always been, say 20 should be the baseline. Absolutely, yeah. And then go up I mean, A lot of people there. don't understand. You can't judge people on any of that type of stuff. But, you know, when you're, oh, when you're, when you're, when you're around it for a while, like... <laughs> You know, there's a standard. I find myself, I'm, I'm, I am one of those people, not so, not to toot my own horn or whatever, but I waste a lot of money tipping people when I'm, when I'm on one at the bars. I'll be like, wake up. I'll just be like, I didn't spend that much. I was like, oh, I tipped him 50 bucks. Well, it's an industry thing, right? Exactly. Tenders are the best tippers. Exactly. And it's just, yeah. it was just funny. I don't know. Uh, every once in a while when I wake up, I'm like, there's no way. I was like, oh. Yeah. Bartender. yeah, we've heard that many times mm-hmm. on this podcast. Bartenders are like bartenders and wait staff are the best tippers. They better be. they know how it is. They yeah. better be. Yeah, gotta gotta support. Yep. So, do you have any fun stories that you would like to share with us about your bartending? Um, if I don't you don't, know. that's okay. Don't want to put you on the spot. No, and I was thinking about it going into it. Um, Nothing like super crazy. I mean, I've gotten some plates thrown at me by chefs before and stuff like that. What about All the fun stuff? The you know when everything gets a little crazy when it's really busy, you know, because High yeah. Bank there were there were some wild nights. They have the 
the partnership with the Jackets, they have a, a high bank bar inside Nationwide. Mm, and um, I did not know that. Yeah, so they have a partnership, and they used to have the CBJ Artillery, which is a podcast, okay. come in and live, like, do for games, like, pregame and, like, halftime and stuff. And it would bring in quite a crowd. And uh, just, like, nights like those, not, like, anything crazy, but, you know, when it's a lot of when it's five deep at a bar, at the bar and stuff like that, and you're 20, 30 service tickets Mm-hmm. deep for about two hours straight it's it's a pretty wild ride then you make it through the night you're like what just happened especially yeah. me being tall too and all of a sudden i'm like well my back's not working it hurts a lot just like bending down making drinks the whole time mm-hmm. cleaning glasses <laughs> yep wow but yeah i mean definitely just some of those volume nights are just you know but like i said but that's that's what i want that's what i crave yeah you know because you're making it through the shift it's mm-hmm. quick you know, it might be tough for a little bit. Um, I, and I do, um, I do uh, accredit a lot of that, like, quickness to the, the Toast POS system with those tablets. Being at a big place like that, those are honest. I know some people don't really like them, but they're huge. Hmm. Um, I've been using Toast for, like, the past three years of my life as a POS, and I think it's definitely maybe the best that I've used. So, point Rock, of sale. Point of like, sale system, yeah, sorry. And Rockmill uses it as well. Mm-hmm. Which always helps to transition from place to place as well, too. Sure. Um, but those tablets for a big place, like, it'll, it's going to start happening more. It already is, but it's mm-hmm. going to start happening more and more. And some people don't like it. It's the main key when you have to focus on when you're doing it is you kind of really have to rem- try to remember to make eye contact still. And not, like, have your head down in it. Right. And funny enough, too, this actually, this is a funny. I actually got a bad review one time because this dude said I was on my phone in the middle of the restaurant while we were busy. And I was definitely on my tablet. There's no way. I was like, he said like in the middle of an extremely busy brunch shift, he like left a bad review that I was on my phone in the middle of the shift. And I was like, no, I wasn't. There's no way. I was definitely not in the middle of the restaurant where anyone could see me on my phone. It was probably an old person. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was a funny one. I was, they're like, they're like, well, were you on your phone? I was like, what do you mean? There's no way. So do you find that your creative process to write a song and create a cocktail are the same? I would say, I would say they're pretty different. I, th- I think there's, I mean, there's definitely like layer, there's definitely layers to it on both ends. Like I said, when it comes to writing for me, the, the music flows so much more than the lyrics for me. I don't know how that really necessarily equates to the cocktails, but you know, it's just, it, it, I mean, I guess the equation is it's like you're trying to do stuff like you, you want to love it, you know? I want to love that cocktail. I want to make sure that people like it. Same thing with the song. Like just having like that care. Checking. I don't know. So people often say that naming the cocktail is one of the hardest parts. (laughs) Is naming a song also difficult? Um, I don't know. I I wouldn't say. The names for songs really haven't gotten. Like I said, I've just been starting to write more. I only have like a handful of songs Mm because... It's been different for me. I just, it's, I've always just been like the cover guy, but I know that I need to start writing more. Like I said, going back to my friend and his new band, playing with his band a couple of times, I might be doing another show with them soon too, getting together with him. And it's just something, the creative process too, like even with cocktail, if you're stuck, do it with someone, mm-hmm. you know, have your, have your, um, you know, your companion who you can write that stuff with, bounce stuff on, no shame. I mean, th- and that's definitely something with cocktails as well too. Oh Yeah. You're definitely, you're making it with so many people. You want please try this. What do you think? You want to try a little difference? Even like you guys have popped, when you guys have popped in, you've given me notes. And like, I'm like, that's exactly what I needed. I just couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Collaboration is yeah. important in, the, in both sides of the entertainment, the music and the bartending. Mm. Yeah, I imagine. We, a lot of, we hear that a lot, that yeah. bartenders like to co- collaborate. And I, you kind of have to collaborate with music, right? I mean... Yeah, it's pretty hard to do it by yourself, which is probably why I was having a tough time writing songs. Just need mm. to branch out a little bit more. Do you ever write songs in your, when you're in the shower? <laughs> I definitely, um, you know, I'll be like sing, sitting in the car scene, something will pop in my head, and I'm just like, all right, just make sure. And that's another thing, too, is with that, is like, you gotta whip out the phone, put voice memo on or whatever, and make mm-hmm. sure it's recorded. Because that's another thing, too, I've felt like I've written a lot of stuff, too, where the next day I'm like, shit. Yeah, I don't remember that it. at all. 
Because you're like, oh, I'll remember this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to remember happens that. happens far too often. <laughs> <laughs> you said quick mind. I had this move. great idea last night. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's gone with the wind. <laughs> then it's gone. Yeah, we do that a lot. It's a... Uh, you know, it's something that happens when your occupation is drinking. Well. Part of your occupation <laughs> is drinking. Well, yeah. I wouldn't miss with that. <laughs> so do you have any gigs coming up? Music gigs? Yeah, like I said, I, I think we might be doing a show. I might be doing a show opening and maybe maybe guesting with, that, with my friend's band again last youth at the beginning of February. It's not tied down yet, but it's been talked about. I think like Scully's or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and if people were to want to follow you, uh, Instagram, absolutely. Or? Instagram is what my main medium, my Facebook's there, but you know, I really only have it for, to make my mom happy. I feel like at this point anymore, so she can <laughs> post photos of me and tag me in it. It's not used very much. I have like a music, like Facebook too, but I literally like don't touch it. I literally, my mom like run, like will post stuff on it for me, but, uh, Instagram AJT 33, um, trying to get like. A little more on like Snapchat too. I don't know. I know it's a little little different, but you know it's a good way to push stuff as well. Okay. Um, and my Twitter is really just for news at this point mm-hmm. for me, so I don't really do much on that. But yeah, AJT33 for my Instagram. I post a lot of videos, me singing and stuff, and cocktails if I can. Usually on my story, but a lot of a lot of promoting through the stories for sure. So awesome. I always take a peek, find out what's going on with me. And if someone wanted to book you for an event, um, is that possible with your busy schedule? Yeah, I mean, I always, I'm always trying to make the time to play if I can. So mm-hmm. if I can work it out, I'm going to try really hard to work it out. Because that's definitely something that gives me that release that I need being on stage. Kind of, you know, being different, feeling free. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, it's definitely its own drug for sure. I imagine. Yeah. Being on stage is awesome. Like I said, the last show I just got to play was at Woodlands Tavern. And uh, that was amazing for me. I've seen so many concerts there since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Getting and on that stage play there. of those amazing people I've seen play. Because they get really good acts there, obviously. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is cathartic. This is cool. That is cool. Well, this has been awesome. We can't let you leave without playing one more song for us. Something I've always been liking, too, is I do like a little bit of like good country. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll do something like that. You guys like... Tyler Childers. I don't know who that is. No. So play whatever you like. Perfect. Um, this guy's killer. He's a Kentucky boy, so he might drink a little bit of bourbon. <laughs> but uh, really killer voice. He's kind of got like that, bring that outlaw country sort of feel back to it. Um, try not to screw it up. Back before these calloused hands in all this world We used to sit up at the flats Acting like we live forever Getting high and skipping class Yeah, I reckon we were heathens but in her eyes we were saints Now you're calling all the boys home Seven's angels carried her away So I will follow you to Virgie Although it hurts me so Lay to rest this mountain beauty That the Lord calls home And I can see her up in glory I could hear her through the pines Back when all us boys were trying To make sense of all these strings I can see her in the corner Singing along all our crazy dreams So I will follow you to Virgie 
Although it hurts me so to lay to rest this mountain beauty But the Lord calls home and I can see her up in glory I can see her through the pines So I will follow you to Virgie Cause that's what us boys are for To help you out when you get weary Till you can go no more And I can see her up there, Cody I can see her through the pines Same boys, be good Nice. Awesome. Ah, that was you. great. Thank you so much for being here. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so we can find you on Instagram, sort of Facebook, a little bit yeah, of Twitter. You, you, you maybe find me on there. I, got, I really got to clean it up and update it. I'll tell you what. I'm Something I always I... think about and I never do. So I don't know. You might see some weird photos of me. I, I canceled my Facebook too. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm just, over it. <laughs> Zuckerberg. Yeah. All right, listeners, we'll look for Adam on Instagram and visit him at Rock Mill Tavern mm -hmm. where you can get a Sage Advice cocktail. It's delicious. It is delicious. Thank you, so much. Thank you Adam, so much for being our guest tonight. Thank you for playing your be beautiful music and making us this amazing cocktail. I really, really enjoyed it. I was blown away by the offer, and I was really happy to get over here and, and talk. Cheers. Cheers. Absolutely. Till the next one. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour and visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, and other events and merchandise. Thanks to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. Please remember to drink responsibly, tip appropriately, and be cocktail curious. Cheers! This has been a Last Call Productions production.